Welcome to the podcast, Isaiah 28b. <coughs> this is Saul Weiner, the host of your podcast, and we are studying Ishayahu chapter Chavches, chapter 28, uh, starting from verse 14 until the end. We ended our last podcast, 28a, with Ishayahu's words, Isaiah's words, against the people who just refused to listen. They kept on marching on their way toward destruction and refused to stop and listen to the prophet as he tried to tell them, Stop here and rest. There is another path. There is another road that leads to something better. It was like he was speaking a different language, Isaiah said. Instead, he turned his words towards the children, towards those who were still uncorrupted, a little teaching here, a little teaching there, and maybe through them he can build something. But the people still refused to listen. Today, Ishayahu continues in verse 14, Pasuk Yudalid. He continues to rebuke the scoffers and the cynics who refused to listen to him. Therefore, listen, you rulers of the people of Jerusalem, you men of mockery. As we have seen often, Ishayahu faults the leadership for being stubborn in their ways. It is among the humble and the poor that God's words are heard, but among the leaders only mockery is found. Lo yivo'enu ki avor shotev ki ovar ki amartem karathnu brit et mavet v'im sh'ol asinu chose samnu chazov machsenu uva sheker nistarnu Imagine this group of so-called leaders making fun of Isaiah as he spoke. Look at us. We are wealthy. We are important. We are the leaders. And you tell us that we are the ones destined to be destroyed by God? What a joke. Maybe we did just make a deal with the devil, so to speak. Ha! Huh? When this judgment you speak of comes, we have nothing to worry about. Lo yivo enu ki avor shetep. Nothing will happen to us when the flood comes, for we have made a covenant with death. We have made a treaty with hell, haha. Ha. We have placed this treachery over us and use it as our cover. You see, it's working until now. Why won't it work forever? We are hiding in those tents of falsehood which you warn us about, and they're providing us protection. Lachin, therefore, since this is how you react, says Ishayahu, Ko Adonai Elohim, this is what God says. Ishayahu does not directly confront them by answering their scoffery. He simply changes tone. And speaks as follows, Hinini yisad bitzion oven. I will build in Sion a foundation stone. Even bochan pinat yikrat musad musod hamaamin lo yachish. I will build a beautiful edifice that God will build, one which is built on truth. Stone by stone, a tower of precious cornerstones. It will be exceedingly strong and firm. One who has faith need not be afraid that he is taking a different path from the scoffers. Hang in there, Ishayahu tells the faithful. This path is built on something much more solid than what the scoffers have to offer. What will this be built out of? I will make a foundation stone built upon justice. The plumb line by which I measure my edifice will be justice. Utsudokolim Mishkolet. 
Righteousness will be the weights that I use to put together my building, the society that is based on righteousness. And then when my edifice is built, hailstorms will come and push away this cover of, of lies, this cover of deceit, the edifice of lies they are hiding behind, the Seter Mayimishtofu, and the hidden things that they tried to hide themselves in, all those lies and falsehood will be washed away with the flood of water. And your supposed covenant with death, Yeshayahu says to the scoffers, and your deal and treaty with hell Lo takum, will not last. It will be flooded when the floodwaters come through. And you will be the victims that drown in that flood. It will catch you. That flood will catch you every time it comes through. Every morning. It will pass through in day and night. And the only thing you will feel is horror when you understand finally the message. What message? The bed you tried to lay upon was too short for you to lay upon it. And the cover you tried to curl up under was was too too small for you to curl up beneath it. What you chose for protection is not enough when that God comes. God will rise like he did in these two famous battles. He wanted to paint the images of the battle of Piratzim where David uh, routed the Philistines and Givon where Joshua was victorious. When God comes up, that's the kind of victory that he's going to do. However, when God comes to do his thing, he does it in very strange ways. And when he does his work, it is foreign, it is unusual. It is not obvious. The fact that one is prospering now does not mean that's the one who God will ultimately <laughs> favors. And the one who's down now is not necessarily the one who God disdains. God's ways of actions are strange and unusual. We don't understand them. His wisdom is beyond us. Viata and now... Even though you're looking at a world where you're sitting on top, stop laughing, stop scoffing. Why? Because because the bonds of slavery that are that bond you are going to tighten if you continue this path. I have heard that there is a decree of destruction coming upon you. From the Lord God Himself of hosts. Al is coming about upon the entire land. He is telling them there's still a chance for you. Ha'azinu, listen, Vishimu Koli, listen to my voice. Hakshivu Vishimu Imrasi, please, Isaiah, pleads with the scoffers. Isaiah never gave up on them. He says, Listen to what I'm telling you, there is a lesson. Listen to this parable if you think that looking at the world around you will explain everything and therefore you can continue in your ways of mockery. Listen to this parable. Hakol Hayom, I'm going to read the parable in, uh, in completion, the next four verses, 24 to 27. I'm sorry, to 28. And then um, explain what the parable means. Does he who... Hakol Hayom Yachoresh Maso does a farmer just plow all day with no aim in mind other than to plow just to break up his land with no clear purpose? Of course not. 
Haloem Shiva Paneha, after he finishes smoothing out the surface of the ground, Behefitz Ketzach, he's going to spread out Ketzach, which is like a black cumin or some kind of a plant. Vechamon Yisrok, and he's going to plant his cumin. Or he's going to set wheat in a row or barley in a strip or, or um, spelt or some other grain in patches the way they're supposed to be laid out. Why? Because he has learned from his teachers the right way to plant. So first he plows and then he stops plowing. He doesn't continue plowing all day. And then he goes ahead, and in each place he plants the right things in the right way. I translated the word Elohim here as teachers, not as his God. But it could also mean God, because God is the true source of all wisdom. But from his teachers he learned, this is how you plow, this is what you do. Because he's wise, he knows how to treat his field. Different parts do different things, different times for different actions. As he continues, when you're crushing or threshing the ketzach, the black human, in order to get the seeds out of the shells. You don't use a threshing board, nor is the wheel of a threshing sledge rolled over the cumin. You use a mata, a type of stick, in order to strike this type of black cumin. And regular cumin, you use another type of stick, a shevet. And then as he continues, lechem yudok. When he wants to make bread out of grain, he then has to crush it fine and make it into flour. Only then, because he can't keep threshing it, because that just separates the seeds. After he finishes threshing it, then he has to make it fine into flour. And then he, um, then he uses the wheel of his carriage, but he also doesn't crush it too much. The idea behind all of these things is that a farmer uses wisdom to prepare each thing properly, often with hard tools, sometimes softer tools, but the idea is to bring out the final product. He doesn't just do the same thing all day. He doesn't just treat each item in the same way. So do God, just because you see Him treating you like this right now, doesn't mean this is how it's always going to be. God doesn't do the same thing all day. He will eventually move to the next step. He will refine his product by employing all sorts of methods to get rid of the hard shells and bring out the fine product which he wants in the end. There's a process. And it's one of a wisdom so much greater than the wisdom of a human farmer. It's a wisdom way beyond what we can imagine and understand. But one thing we can learn is that God's wisdom is such that just because you see him doing something now doesn't mean this is the be-all and end-all of it. It's much, much deeper, much, much more complicated. As Isaiah completes his parable by saying, This also, this action, everything you're seeing now in front of you and everything that I'm predicting, Isaiah tells us, came from God himself, the Lord of hosts. He's the one whose wisdom and counsel is wondrous and beyond our imagination. His wisdom is marvelous and unfathomable. It is beyond us to understand, but he definitely knows exactly what he is doing, when and why and how and to whom. Thank you for listening to Isaiah 28b. Looking forward to studying Isaiah 29 with you.